welcome back from the hiatus. Sorry to keep you waiting. Please put us back on your playlist. This is Koi and Billy with Double A Soul. How you doing, Billy? Good. What are we on? Episode six? Episode six. Yes. But really, it's our fifth recording, which was we finally met our goal. We wanted to record five episodes for this podcast and then see where it goes afterwards maybe we give up after this <laughs> well it's 2021 new freaking year uh happy new year happy and new year. i mean that's a good way to start off a year just hit your goal right away and then coast and quit for the rest of it i, I think i get along with that i like that too i didn't think about that crushing goals now yeah don't even gotta try day 10 of 2021 we're already hitting a goal <laughs> so let's let's what what were your original goals for the podcast i know we talked about like we talked about wanting to get to five episodes um and yeah. then seeing where it went from there but i know you had some personal goals i think we might have we may have talked about it before but remind me i just wanted to have some type of recording and something to do really in this time it's like i can't meet with friends and have all these stupid or deep or whatever conversations and talk about all these topics that you usually don't talk about um i feel like just talking about it gives it insight into your mind and what your mental state is at a current time and just being able to record this and go back to, and then listen back like you know five years later it's it's interesting it's kind of like um like you writing a letter to yourself in the future and then you in the future reading it and being like damn what the hell was you know billy yet in 20 21 doing 2020 doing dude yeah now that you say it like that it, it definitely very much so the part where it kind of just illustrates or elucidates like what's going on in your mind definitely don't get the opportunity to have real conversations with, with people so much anymore um mm -hmm. like you know there's work and then there's work conversation i play games with our friends like every few days or every day and there's game related conversation but this type of conversation where we speak about more than just you know what's what's going on on your day-to-day -day, what's going on right now what tv shows are you into that's not really something that we get a chance to do so much anymore and i think even before the pandemic um outside of my outside of tina uh my now wife um how often did i actually have these conversations with friends and the answer is probably you know every once in a while when we get drunk but not too drunk yeah <laughs> but this is this has definitely been um it's definitely been interesting it's definitely been interesting because i know like you and i have talked about just random things throughout the past and things that go beyond the everyday um what's going on with you what's going on with me um but yeah i think for me this podcast was supposed to be uh you know like i i love just trying new things and this has definitely mm -hmm. been something that's been on my list for a while and i wanted to become a better storyteller and i i think like before we kind of stopped doing like the first three or four times we recorded um pretty regularly i i definitely felt like I had more confidence in telling the story that was more than four or five sentences. So that 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 that's a 
that's been nice. I think before that, um, every time I start talking for more than a few sentences at a time, I, I, I get like hella in my head and all self-conscious. True. Because I think just recording a podcast, if you start when we started off in the beginning, it was like there was that weird nervousness because you know you are, you're being recorded. And then I think it's like after the, the 20 minute mark or 15 minute mark, you start being more comfortable. And you forget that you're recording and you're just talking and having this type of conversation. <laughs> Thanks so for reminding I, me I, we're being recorded right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- I, there was that with the previous episodes, it also became almost like therapy too, being able to talk about these things. Because, you know, we do have these conversations when, when we would drink, but it's like when you're drunk, you thought you would think you 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 had the most interesting um insights and peace and some stories that you you shared that was like really good when you're drunk but then you forgot about it but i think recording this podcast having this conversation especially when we're sober um it shows how much it can show how much we we improved with all the skills with like just storytelling uh humor making jokes um i guess just be entertaining for you guys to listen to yeah to listen to us What's what's something you've learned about yourself in the last few episodes or in the last few recordings we've done or since we started? Hmm. I've learned that I do need to talk to more people and like just like physically talk, you know, with with just conversations rather than texting and chatting. Uh uh-huh. um, it, it it helps a lot more than just typing in a chat room or or texting Help. friends helps in what way like just like mental state or yeah a mental state in, in just like you know forming my sentence and, and oh, without yeah, yeah. having to um you know just say everything um without thinking too much about it because with text sometimes you can just go back and delete it and then you know edit what you're going to say even if you're going through a very quick conversation um with this when you're audially speaking, I don't know. That's the right <laughs> word. <laughs> um, it, it's just you can make these mistakes. You have these little small things that helps each other understand um, a little bit better. It's dude. It's so true. There's like the intonation of your voice. There's physical language. I mean, those two things probably comprise of like sixty percent of whatever you're saying. It's probably six. Sorry, everything you say is probably 60% tonal and body language more so than it is the freaking words that come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think since we started this, one of the things I've... I've I mean, I think this is something I've always known about myself, um, but it's really been reinforced, which is, like, my world and the way I think is is very, like... the The perspective is very contained to how it affects me mentally. Like, I feel like everything we talk about... I'm always from looking at that perspective of how is this affecting my mental state, my mood, and it's just like I feel like my whole world is is wrapped around that that idea of how my mood state is and and how I'm feeling and whatnot. And it makes me wonder, like, how is this how it is for other people? Like, uh, am I just way more in my head than everyone else like i just don't know how to be in the moment you're just um, an overthinker maybe uh but yeah this this I, I think in the conversations we've had in this podcast so far it's it, it 
when I listen to the things we've talked about uh, and the things I talk about, yeah, very much so. Like that's like my whole world perspective is based around my internal mental state and how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing I thought about recently was just I like to have conversations that challenge my own thinking because I think about something and I challenge my own thinking sometimes. But it's nice to hear from another perspective. So, oh, um, definitely. So I think I feel like maybe in the previous episodes, we we didn't challenge each other too much about certain topics. And it was a lot of just agreeing with each other. So if we do continue on with this podcast in future episodes, I want to argue with you more. I feel like it's better <laughs> for myself too to just challenge yeah. my thoughts and for me to challenge your thoughts too. Yeah, I think there's a good way to do it. I know as we first started off, one of the things that we were talking about is how maintaining the flow of a conversation in a podcast is probably difficult in and of itself, right? And we were probably a little less uh, keen to to challenge and argue, mostly because we wanted to keep the flow going. And we were, I, I mean, yeah. for me, for sure, I was uh, afraid to disrupt the flow of conversation. But I'm sure there's there, there's definitely ways to do it without without doing so. Yeah, I also did like didn't want to have us edit any of these episodes, and just it's just you know pure conversations, essentially almost like pretty much a no filter, um, to a degree where we do not talk about some th- stuff and we bring up a little bit but that's the type of podcast i like to listen to uh where you know people are just completely honest they make jokes and they'll just fight and argue but maybe we can get to that and, and <laughs> that they'll help what you're saying of just being siloed in that mindset yeah i yeah i don't know what we what we'd argue on <laughs> um I got a topic. Oh, hit me. All right. So, uh, you know how the Civil War is happening? Uh, not really. In but Amer- go for it. There's a Civil War in America with um, the... I think calling it a Civil War is, <laughs> is lending much more credit to, <laughs> to what we're seeing than what is happening. There's definitely... I, 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 I'll definitely give you a failed coup. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if I'd call this a civil war. All right, that's, it's some type of war happening, right? Um, to to a degree, and <laughs> this is a little bit of jokes, but the, you guys don't take me too seriously. But it's it's essentially you know Black Lives Matter versus Proud Boys. That's 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 the headline, uh, the catchy fucking shit that you can create into a stupid comic book movie or something like that. All right. If that's the headline and the if that's the headline that's been reduced to like if the real issue has been reduced and that's the catchy headline, then what would you say the real war is? Like what's what's beneath that? What's what's that what's that really about? Oh. From your perspective. From my perspective, I think it's a war on American mentality where we no longer have a have empathy to each other and ethics and morals have been in a decline see i wouldn't say it's about that at all i i i think it is very much um i mean like to get the elephant out of the room it's definitely 
a racist issue, right? I think mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think America is one of, at least in in recent history, one of the largest examples of a hetero heterogeneous group, right? Like we're not homogenous. We're not like the the we're not like Denmark. You go over there and everyone's Dane. Uh, you, you go everyone's a Dane. You go over to Japan and everyone's Japanese or Asian mostly. Um, America is definitely the first the first large experiment in which we have all of these groups that physically look different, culturally mm-hmm. are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that, all of all of those differences trying to live together. And, you know, there's there, there's been a lot of issues. There's there's definitely been there's is a lot of racism. Um, and I think right now is kind of like that that teetering that teetering point on the seesaw where the white majority is dwindling and they're no longer seeing themselves as a majority. And it's kind of like kind of like how the Republican Party as a philosophical political party is is on the decline. Mm-hmm. You're kind of seeing like this caged animal that's that that's that's like they have nowhere else to go. So this is their full frontal attack. Um and so that 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 tension of feeling you I've always been in the majority. My group's always been the strongest, but now you're seeing that power being pulled away from you and you're trying real hard to grasp back to that power as much as you can. And you're seeing it evolve, you know, with 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 um with like the exponential magnifying force of all the propaganda from different sides of media and all that fucking shit. Like this is really like a boiling point, I feel. Um that's just all of those all of that tension and 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 fear and 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 things pulled 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 up from from the different different viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, what you're talking about is feel like is a lot of politics that I don't really know too much about. Yeah, and and I wouldn't want to speak on that, but like what you're saying, you know, you know, white power, white supremacy, and and all of that 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 has ran america for so long like you said yeah it is an experiment um putting in all of these different cultures especially cultures that have been have been used without you know and and not being recognized for their Mm -hmm. contributions to this country that is a huge problem but it's also weird how america or other countries that have this type of diverse citizens they america is trying to be a melting pot and essentially all ethnicities need to melt (laughs) into this white paste right or I, I, I some type of great so some type of melting <laughs> pot gravy fondue. <laughs> let's uh let, let's skip two hundred years until where we're all beige and we'll be the beige melting pot. <laughs> and and it, that was that was I think maybe like some parts of the goal, but it, it's it never became this melting pot. Yeah, um, I think it's I, it's it's I think what Sorry, America America has with this. Like 
combination of different diverse people is you need to you can't just forget about their identity or ignore their identity it's just we appreciate it and we also make fun of it to each other yeah Yeah. Um, i'm really glad you brought that up because yeah it's I, i feel like identity is a really good like a really important thing that i i don't think about too much um and for the longest time like people have taken their identity people have defined themselves as a culture their job their religion and whatnot and as Mm -hmm. some of these kind of like as some of these become less important in in modern life like you're right like it's you can't just put a bunch of people with different experiences and different backgrounds and say hey this is your new american melting pot identity and conform to this um like everyone has their own background and it is very important for us to learn and appreciate um each other's i guess heritage backgrounds experiences all all, all that good all that good jazz yeah like i i can talk about you know um white people black people mexicans asians and all the other races and how what would be my ideal way of combining or everybody in these <laughs> ethnicities to like uh-huh. you know get along uh-huh. but i think that i don't know too much about so i want to just talk about more of the asian Amer- american um identity and how you have a lot of different asians and how they relate to each other in america how 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 do you see other like all, all the different types of asians relating to each other cuz i know i have like my viewpoints and whatnot but I, I i like to see i like to hear yours i think the way it's we can form a common enemy and then that brings unity in the asian american <laughs> yeah um community but I think that's a stupid approach because then it's like you're it's almost like you're just melting into, you know, us versus them type of type of thing. Oh, definitely. Um and, and that melting pot kind of analogy doesn't really work, you know, based off what I said earlier. But what we also notice is just within the Asian community, there's you have the different um Asians and you make fun of each other for it and you call each other out. But it's more of like appreciating and just recognizing that we're all different. Um, but that that ethnicity, like you being Korean or Japanese or Vietnamese or Chinese, that doesn't become the identity. And we all recognize that it's the individual own identity. It shouldn't be tied to that. It's not tied to that their their um, you know, parents' home country. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's true for at least the Asians that have grown up in America because this is our identity, right? Like, we're not like I don't consider myself Vietnamese Vietnamese. I don't I I don't think the same way a a person from Vietnam may. Um, but I was raised in America as a Vietnamese person. Um, yeah, there there's there, I guess what I'm trying to get at is. The Asian American experience, and probably very similar for many immigrants, is that you don't really, you know, like you're not fully connected with your roots, but you're not fully American either. Like you're, you're very much 
Asian American or Vietnamese American or or Korean American or Israeli American, whatever it may be. It's definitely a different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny because when you first started saying that, I was just thinking about like older Asian people that live in America now, and I'm like, man, they're racist as shit. <laughs> they are. <laughs> not to say that we're not. I'm just I'm just saying like it's it's. Uh, I I don't think I am, but it's 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 definitely a, it's it's there's definitely a big jump in mentality from people who are like first gen immigration immigrants versus people who who are immigrants but are raised here. Yo, what about this melting pop of the other Asian American, which is Asian? <laughs> <laughs> that was like th- that. That became oh, its bitch. whole new <laughs> own identity. There was songs oh that God. became its own culture, right? And that was weird, but that that was very much the "we are better than you" like pro- type of pride, like the Asian it, supremacy it, it was pride. That, but it yeah. but it also like. You know, regardless if you're Indian, Chinese, Filipino, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese, like it didn't matter if you're that. It's just if you're Asian, then you know you had that type of um, you can follow and you know follow <laughs> this identity. I don't know. It was it was really weird, and it's crazy how it, it was like a phase, yeah. And it did. It's not continuing on, or maybe it's evolved into something else. That I is, mean, I, you know, that that was big when we were kids, right? And I think that that came up came about, like, I think you're hitting on a couple of things that we've touched on, which is like, growing up as an Asian American as a first, second, third generation, you don't really feel like you fit in, and they're so like we, this group or this this I don't even know if you could call it a movement. I wouldn't call it a movement. There's just like an association with Asian pride, which is which was a way for all of us misfits who looked like each other could could share a could share an experience that we all to some degree uh felt or or wanted to feel yeah but then it also became creating this new identity of you know having split hair with the dyed blonde tips and <laughs> And rice rockets, and uh, you know, hip hop and rap, and and you know, that was that identity. It was it was creating its own identity, and it it kind of died off. But yeah, now, yeah, what, right. what, what what the Asian American identity that I'm realizing is the appreciation for you know all of these different Asian ethnicities. So with K-pop, you know, Korean food getting really popular, and and you being more familiar with Korean food. Or are you becoming more familiar with Vietnamese and you aren't Vietnamese or Korean? Yeah. Like it's you're you're just pulling in these different things. You're not creating your own your own identity. Um yeah, it's is it a melting pot or a hot pot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great. No, I love it, I'm stealing that. Forget the American a, melting pot dream. This is the Asian American hot pot dream. <laughs> There was also this other analogy, which is like rather than having a hot pot, it's more of a potluck where you bring your own um, cultures, foods into this whole um, you know dinner setting, and we all get to eat everything together on a plate. Yeah. And that's 
I, I could see that being symbolic of a pre- like the f- eating the food is appreciating the different cultures. And hey, maybe sometimes you take a sauce from one dish and you mix it with a plate from another dish, and that a new fusion is born. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is um, I know we're talking about food as a metaphor, but um, when I was in France. Um, oh, this is the, I've only been in France once, <laughs> so this is the trip that we went together. Um, mm-hmm. When you guys left to Italy, and I was I was uh, I stayed back in France to hang out with my sister. Uh, we were at this park, and we were approached by a bunch of little Korean little Korean like school children. They're like first second grade, um, and they had little pieces of paper uh, laminated. Sh- papers and pamphlets and things like that and they had to walk up to strangers and then teach people about a little piece of their food in that language so they were trying to speak to people in french and then i saw them again in new york doing it in english um but so apparently i learned i learned about uh this 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 effort is funded by the south korean government it's called uh gastro political something efforts so mm-hmm. the idea is you you quote unquote infiltrate another country through food um um and you you cuz that's the easiest way to get to to people right it's it's non-threatening mm-hmm. you can appreciate it uh you get them to love your food once you get them to love your food you expand into like cultural aspects um like how do you hate how do you hate a culture if you love their food <laughs> true um Very true. but but i think i think like from the south korean government point of view it was get them interested in the food more restaurants open more exports can eventually be sent that way and it makes yeah. like total sense from an economical sense uh standpoint but mm-hmm. it's just like i i think at the end of the day like as like it like food diplomacy is probably like the easiest way for us to share um share our experience and culture and and identity with people and as as that's probably i mean that's i swear that's probably one of the reasons california is considered one of the most tolerant states in terms of diversity and whatnot Mm. Uh, it's because we got so many so so we got so much food from Mm. so many different cultures true true but how many do how many racist people love pho but still think asians eat dogs <laughs> uh excuse me sir that bowl of pho you're pho. eating is dog pho <laughs> <laughs> it's like or or they love pad thai but they think thai people you know have black teeth or they they eat some they eat bugs all the time or something like that. <laughs> Some very specific stereotypes. You've... <laughs> should, should be a poll. <laughs> uh, you know that black teeth thing is a real thing, right? Yeah, it's them chewing on the beetle nut. Yeah. Have you ever a... tried it? Would you no. try it? Uh, yeah, I would try it, but not Me if... too. Because it's just... So for those of you who are unaware, um, the set, people in Asians in the Southeast, if you go back in culture, uh, sorry, if you look at our culture and you go back in time, there's certain populations with like just straight up black teeth. <clears throat> sorry, I'm like choking on my spit. <clears throat> um, Chewing on a beetle nut? 
<laughs> nah, man, it's not COVID. <laughs> um, sorry, people with black teeth, uh, and primarily the people you see with black teeth will be women because it, it's it, it was it was a uh, kind of like a social thing to do where you chew on this thing called a beetle nut, um, and it makes your teeth black, but it also adds a coating to your teeth that actually prevents your teeth from um, from getting cavities, uh, and so I. It's so funny. This just came up between me and Tina the other day because she didn't know what that was. Uh, but I used to hear it a lot. In Vietnamese, it's called jiao, nyai jiao, I think. Like if you chew, nyai is chew, jiao is the, is the thing. I like that word, nyai. Because <laughs> it's like the way you say it, kind of like when you're chewing on something really like harder than gum, but. <laughs> yeah, ngai. <laughs> well, you're pronouncing it wrong, and I'm, uh, I'm going to oh, argue with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the beetle nut it also um, it also gives you like a little bit of a high. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that makes a lot more sense as to why people would chew it. <laughs> it's kind of I, I heard it was kind of like a tobacco high, where you're mm-hmm. maybe lightheaded or you ha- you're like a little bit caffeinated or and energized. But yeah, it. It it's there's, you know, neuro chemical shit that happens when you chew on beetle nut. Yeah, oh, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, why why do any humans do anything? Most of the times, it's drugs <laughs> or food related or sex related. Yo, going back to like that analogy, how there's the gastropolitical strategies. Uh huh. It's like. That's the new strategies. There's new strategies of like just media, K-pop and music taking over. But what about back then? They used to fucking use drugs and there was drug wars that would take over a country and have that type of political gain and, and you know, power over another country. It's drugs. Yeah. Which is drugs are big. I mean we've food has become a drug. Uh, I mean, not in the same way drugs are drugs, but well, yeah, <laughs> not contraband no. and outlawed. But... <laughs> yeah, true, true. I, I don't know. I said that wrong. I don't, I'm trying to find the other analogy, but can't. Uh, Did you hear about how like China uses pandas as like some type of political try to get these political gains over other countries? No, tell me more. <laughs> so they have um. China's the only place where pandas are bred, right? And, and I guess where they exist. But for zoos in different countries, China offers a panda bear to put into their zoo at a price. And it became political where if like there was a country who had a panda from China that's borrowing a panda from China and they aren't agreeing to you know something that China is doing, or they went out in public and they're like, "Oh, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't condone what China is doing." China will take back that panda, and be like, "No, no more panda for you." <laughs> and then, you know, until they kind of prove themselves, then China would give them another panda. Or if a, a country, you know, has one panda and they, and then China wants them to do something, they'd be like, "Yo, do this, and we'll give you another panda, so that you can put in your zoo." But that, I I kind of dumbed it down. But if you look into <laughs> it, it, it's 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 uh, there, there's like data to back this up, yeah. and 
and it's it's really interesting uh, or there's correlations not not necessarily like you know true data but just correlations <laughs> um you talking about panda made me think of trash pandas and so i i've been you mean raccoons <laughs> trash yeah pandas. yeah <laughs> And I've been, so recently I started taking, um, I started up Japanese lessons again, just for fun, um, as a hobby for COVID. Yeah. And my, my tutor was telling me about how when she was in Canada, um, she saw raccoons for the first time. And she told me, man, Canada is such a majestic country. Even their pests are cute as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Yo, what what would they say about a possum? That possums are fucking ugly as possums hell. Possums are pretty fucking ugly. <laughs> uh, that's cute. Fucking trash pandas. <laughs> hey, aren't uh koala bears a type of panda too? I don't no, think so. I'm thinking of that no. wrong. Yeah. Koalas, Koalas are marsupials, so yeah, they're in the like, kangaroo family. Got it. Dang, why we gotta put lim- like labels on them? <laughs> why can't animals just be animals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, 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 why can't why 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 do I gotta be Chinese? Why can't I just be American? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, so with pandas. Sorry, cut. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Cut this shit out. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I, you don't want to cut anything. It's just gotta be real. <laughs> All right, no, no, no cuts, no cuts. <laughs> I was trying to remember what we were talking about, but what were we? Uh, we were talking about pandas. Four pandas. And oh, uh, geopolitical strategies. First, we were talking about and, food, and then pandas, and then beetle nuts. <laughs> there was a video i think eddie huang had on his show fresh off the boat but then i think he like relabeled it as huang's the original fresh off the boat on vice where he went to taiwan and um they still sell beetle nuts and but they use like hot girls who like lit, work on off of a corner in like this small little store and then they walk up to your car and sell you the beetle nut interesting to say I wonder least. if I wonder if they still have that. That was kind of early two thousands, in the twenty tens, the twenty teens, the twenty teens. Can you call it that? I've never heard anyone call it the twenty teens other than you. <laughs> yeah, I just made that up. I'm calling it that now because <laughs> that's a period that fucking flew by because I did too many drugs and out and and drank way too much. Yeah. I, you know, whenever we talk about college, I don't, I barely remember shit from college, man. I, I know I went, right? I have a diploma (laughs) that, that proves that I went. But other than that, I, I don't have very many memories from college other than parties and classes. I mean, I guess that's all college is, but I don't have any like real, I can probably, I probably have like 20 specific memories. And if you ask me to think about anything about, Beyond that, I don't remember shit. <laughs> same, same. At most twenty memories, but pictures, videos, and music helps me remember some some parts of of those times. Yeah, 
you know what song I always think about when I think about I don't know why this is the song, but whenever I think about college, the song I think about is LOL Smiley Face. <laughs> what song is that? LOL Smiley Face. LOL Smiley oh, Face. Smiley face. Oh, is that Soldier Boy? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, dude! Soldier Boy says that he's like the pioneer for where music is now because he um, used internet to become huge as a as like a rapper, hip hop artist, pop star, and he shared. There's like a there was a story about how um this his Superman song. Uh huh. He took advantage of how people were used to download music off of Limewire and Kazaa, and he would share his song through um the pirating sites but relabel it as you know a popular song so when you download it you think you're listening to something else but then you listen to his song you're like oh, oh that's pretty good and that's, that's how his very smart <laughs> yeah so yeah soldier boy is he 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 was saying he's kind of the originator but i don't i will say that soldier boy is the first artist that i remember where his songs his lyrics didn't mean shit like, you know, now that we've gotten into mumble rappers, and I don't understand, sh- you know, I mean, we're past it now, but I don't understand shit from mumble rap songs. I don't understand the lyrics that songs these days are coming out with. And I will say Soldier Boy is the first artist mainstream I remember that, who the fuck gives a shit about his lyrics? His lyrics didn't even make sense. <laughs> but he got up there, he got popular. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely, like songs before soldier boy that that had stupid lyrics but yo what about fucking lyrics in general lyrics aren't part of the whole song it's all the beats and melodies too back in the day yo can you imagine like mozart and beethoven after they released their classical music and then someone tried adding <laughs> lyrics to it and then they're like fuck this shit that's not this sounds stupid uh, can't have that i wonder when lyrics started for songs probably I mean, I think there's always been the two types of right. Yeah, there's always been songs True. like if you think like back in the day, like let, let's talk about medieval days, like the bards and whatever singing their songs. Uh, but there, there, I think there's always been music that's you know meant to have lyrics and music that's True. supposed to just. True. The voice yeah. is an instrument. You can just fucking do chanting, and then that's a song. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Uh, Vietnamese opera sounds like i would guess it kind of sounds like chinese opera like that type of it was, it was like that yeah. that's what chinese <laughs> opera yeah is. it's so oh my god whatever i used to hear like hear it when i was uh, a kid it was so weird oh man is it weird because we just didn't understand what the fuck they're saying I mean, I understood, and I still thought oh, you understood. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, mean, I, I think it's probably Chinese just opera. we didn't grow up with it. Uh, it just yeah, it was it was very it's, weird. It's very piercing in the ears. I I, <laughs> I can't I can't get used to it. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't help that that uh, like we come from tonal languages too, where mm-hmm. the different tones mean different things, and so you get like sharp changes in tones it's not like english or the latin languages where the tone gently flows from one to the other depending on how you want your words to sound right like your words have a tone assigned to it in vietnamese and in chinese and so 
I, I feel like for someone who's not used to tonal language, those mm-hmm. languages, it just sounds so cacophonous. Like it really like fucking digs at your ear if you've never heard it before. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. And then it doesn't help that Asian people, like, especially when they're on their phone, feel like they need to speak hella loud. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because of like what I used to listen to growing up, but I feel like Vietnamese and Cantonese is the worst sounding language. <laughs> the tones and like <laughs> the pronunciations for some of the words is so harsh that yeah. it's like, oh god, it doesn't sound pleasant. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely not. It doesn't flow well. I, I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time admitting that my language sounds terrible, but <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will say it's definitely not always easy on the ears. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, um, like any Vietnamese songs where it's like, or not songs, but chants? You grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic, so, so it's not... Is there any I, chance that you guys had in a Vietnamese Catholic church? Um, There's prayers. Like, you chant prayers. It's like... What's you the know melody how... like? Can you do a, one one melody? Uh, fuck, God damn it. I guess I should just... So this, like, uh, what the, the Our Father Who Art in Heaven prayer uh-huh. in Vietnamese is... Like Jajim Like it it just goes like that. It's it's it is very chanty. But what's like the melody? That was the melody it, right there. It's like That's very flat. You're not singing it. I can't hear it. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna do that again. Because as I <laughs> just, done that, I just realized I only know like half the words because I learned it <laughs> when I was a child. I didn't really know all the words, I just made the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. I growing up Buddhist, I we didn't have to like do these chants, um, but it was always something that you would hear. Um, and the temples would give you like a little voice recorder player. Mm. No, no, no. It looked like a voice recorder player, but it's just some type of speaker, and it has batteries and I don't know the files already uploaded or the tapes in it, and you're just playing it and you leave it at your Buddhist yeah. altar. And then it's playing like yeah, you hit play. But the it's the, do you know? Did you have that too? No, no. It's very different. Like in 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 Vietnamese, it's it's like in in Vietnamese Buddhist culture, like the chants are just chants, right? Like they're not real words. It's just chanting. Um, they're like specific. They're like syllables that you chant. Um, but in Vietnamese, it's words. It's like a prayer that you're reading out. So it's not it's not the same. Hmm. There's one that's like pretty common, and it'd be interesting if somebody like in China made a made like a hip hop remix of it. <laughs> Dude, it oh my god! There's a there's a <clears throat> Japanese Buddhist monk mm-hmm. who mixes his chants, and it sounds it sounds really cool with like hip hop and pop type of sounds uh type of instrument yeah yeah uh actually i don't know he he's a beatboxing yeah he's a beatboxing buddhist monk and he and he 
he turns his chants into like a beatbox, and sometimes he mixes it. Sometimes he puts it on like a a, a, a repeater. <laughs> and then repeats. <laughs> There's um in Buddhism, also you you chant when like you're feeling angry or just trying to like get into that meditative state or feeling of nothingness or whatever buddhism is called but you chant omni tofu i'm very I'm, i butchered the way it's saying but are you it's, sure it's not amitafa <laughs> like, it's similar yeah it's it's, yeah. it's that one it's that yeah. one so everybody pronounces it differently in different languages oh interesting. uh-huh it's but very you, different wait what does yeah. it sound like in chichao <clears throat> I don't know. We don't really. We just say om, omni tofu, omni tofu. Interesting. In Vietnamese, know. it's agirafa. I wonder. I forgot what. Let me look it up. What does it mean? But it's the omni tofu. It's kind of like um, for Arabics. You know how they say "hassalamu alaikum." I'm pretty sure that's a greeting. But it's like a religious greeting. Hmm. Wait, all greetings are religious. Like, hello? Isn't hello a g- or I welcome? I know goodbye is. God be with ye? Yeah. What, what about hello? Uh, hell. Oh. No, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what are we at? An hour for this podcast? I don't know. I'm going to cut this part out right here, but I think we should probably wrap up soon. We're running out of things to talk about. <laughs> no, no cuts. Like you said, no cuts. This this is going in. But uh yeah, I think we talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is this I had I had fun. This was uh I liked how we took a break and we're back into this um corn podcast. I thought this was going to be the last one. I didn't want to say it, but this I don't think this would be. I want to keep going. One more. One more. So One the goal is fans. well. Okay. Every 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 at the end of every podcast, we'll see if 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 you're if we're still feeling like we want to do it. Then I'm just gonna keep saying one more. One more <laughs> for the fans. <laughs> we can't let our fans down, Billy. We got so many of them. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode because we got one more. <laughs> see y'all <laughs> L- later. <laughs>